My name is Curtis Merriweather Jr. You are listening to the Business Profit Podcast. Are you an aspiring, new, or seasoned business professional? Then you're in the right place. This podcast is unlike other podcasts because we seek to create a synergistic relationship between business and theology. The insights shared on this podcast will stir your faith and give you the push needed to realize new dimensions as either a current or emerging business leader. Like many of you, I'm called to the marketplace. The boardroom is my pulpit. Therefore, I invite you to travel along this learning odyssey with me. So buckle up. Let's go. Welcome to the Business Profit Podcast. Hope you guys are doing good today. I have my lovely wife and my friend back with me again for part two. How you doing today, girl? I'm blessed and highly favored. She's so deep, (laughs) y'all. I had to do it just for you because I knew you were going to say that. So she's so deep. If y'all only knew our inside joke, oh man, he's funny. She's so deep. But I am well. I am well, and I'm always happy to to be with you doing anything because we vibes. We vibes. Vibes. Your vibe will help you find your tribe. (laughs) I don't know where that came from, but it's all good. (laughs) You know, last week we had an amazing conversation about what is a business profit and i'm hopeful that uh that information was impactful for you as impactful as it was for us to share it but you know keenan and i had a conversation um in the interim and we just want before we kind of cover some of the rest of the points that we wanted to discuss Keenan, i'm gonna let you go first or i could go first it doesn't matter um, about what does the business profit and operation look like in the marketplace? Well, you know, that one particular slide, I know they, I know you guys can't see the slides. You know, this may turn into an online class, Curtis. Oh. But uh, one of the slides that um, you had here, we were f- kind of following through. Uh, we talk about the strategist. And I, I recently had a conversation with a young lady, she slid in my DM and she was ready to kind of give up on her business. She she was saying that she didn't know if, you know, she should continue on in the beauty industry. And, you know, she has uh, some other businesses and um, she's been trying all of these different things and she has not been seeing great success. And she was like, you know, before I walk away from the beauty industry, I'm coming to you as my last hope of just trying to find out like what I'm doing, what am I doing wrong? And so my first, my first thing to her, and I like to send people back voice notes on um, Instagram. I'm kind of getting into the voice notes. Yeah. The voice notes are good because I feel like people can really connect with you and they don't think that you're like this big, huge deal. And, Oh, I'm never going to be able to get a conversation with these people. So, you know, I don't know if I should say anything. So I like to respond back in a voice note versus, you know, texting back a bunch of stuff. So I sent back probably at least like 10 voice notes, but it was really impactful. And basically what I was telling her is it might, it might not be that you're not supposed to be in this industry, you just need to narrow down what is what is what is it that you're doing in this part of the industry that is like your strong point like what is what is that because that needs to be your niche 
then you need to niche this thing down and you need to stay in your lane because I remember being early on as a hairstylist, I could do almost anything. I could cut, color, weave it, wig it, whatever, you name it, I was good at. I felt like I was good at it, at all of them. Okay. But then it came a point in, t- in my career where I was like, hey, I need to be known for something. Mm. I cannot be a Jill of all trades. So like, a niche. I need, a, niche. I need to figure out what is my niche. Yeah. What is my niche niche? What is that? Tomato, tomato, right? Tomato, tomato. So the Lord began to show me who, who, I, who I was in the industry and how I was a leader in the industry and what was my area that I was strongest in leading. And that was in the chemistry. So when I got on that stage as an educator, my focus was breaking down the chemistry in the chemicals that we were using on stage. That made me stand out apart from everybody else on those stages. And the other people that I was on stage with were very strong as well. But I had to find out what was in me that God could use and shine a light on that would separate me from everyone else. And that would push me into my calling into my destiny. And so I brought that same concept back to her. And I just told, her, I said, I need you to think about this. And I said, because I feel like your problem is you you're doing too many things. And if you can just hone in on what you're really, really, I mean, strong at, like you could do that thing with your eyes closed, your hands tied behind your back in a dark room. That's the thing that, that strong thing that's on the inside of you that you could literally tell somebody how to do something and they can imagine it with their eyes closed. Like that needs to be what it is. And I said, so with that, now you want to bring that to God. And now in your quiet time of meditation, ask the Lord to give me the blueprint on how to move forward with this niche in my business. Lord, I am putting myself in a position to be found. That way you can impart in me everything that you want to impart in me with this part of the business. The Lord might tell you to create, I don't know, some type of beauty bar or soap or a lotion or, you know, something like that. Those were the ideas and things that I was giving her. And, and through me talking, she messaged me back and said, I just got the idea. Mm-hmm. In that moment, she said, it just clicked, Miss Kina. It just clicked. Wow. And she says, and you know what? I'm going to do what you said. I'm going to give God some of my time because I've been very busy. I've been so busy. I don't, I I didn't even think about it till you just said it. I I haven't even, I don't even give God 10 minutes of my day. Wow. So I gave her a plan. I'm like, give God 10 minutes of your morning, right after you brush your teeth and wash your face, wake up, get your, get your coffee or tea or whatever. I said, and get in a quiet place. And if you can just dedicate 10 minutes of your time and throughout the day, just talk to God. You could talk to God in your car. It's not, it's not that deep. We make it so deep, but you could just have conversation and God will start to tell you things and lead you to Google so-and-so and so, right. You know what I'm saying? So she was like, I didn't even realize I wasn't really spending time with God like that. So dang, that was, that was the second thing. And she said, and I am going to get myself a notebook. And I'm just going to wait. And as God gives it to me, I'm going to just write it down and I'm going to start researching. So it's like this engine started turning on the inside of her that fast. And she said, and you know what, Miss Keen, I'm going to go back to listen to all your podcasts from the beginning. Wow. Because I feel like it may be some stuff that I missed. And, you know, you gave her a non-religious 
prescription. And what do I mean by religious? Religious, I'm not talking about your denomination or your Baptist, Methodist, um, Episcopalian, Pentecostal. No, no, no. Religion. You know, we'll create these religion, these religious routines, and ain't no power there. Mm. Because we didn't just got into a rut of, oh, this is what I do. I get up every morning and I read my devotion, which that works for you great. Mm-hmm. But it's all about relationship. If your devotion is not creating relationship with him, what are you doing? Right. So, and, you know, when we pray, it's just like me and you sitting here talking. I don't go to God with, you know, thou shalt goeth, <laughs> thoumest, fathereth, cometh. No. <laughs> it's just conversation. God, I'm really having an issue with this. I don't understand. God, I don't know why this business deal is not going right. Right. Can you please give me wisdom, guidance, and insight on what I need to do? Mm -hmm. And then I say that and I get quiet because I'm waiting on a response. Mm -hmm. We want to pray and it's just a one-way monologue when God actually wants a dialogue with us. I'm not talking to speak this spooky stuff, y'all. I'm talking, I, 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 I talk to God and I tell him how I feel. I mean, I call it getting butt naked before him, meaning Mm. I get all of my vulnerability, all the deep stuff that you're not supposed to say to God. I'm not talking about cursing him out of nothing like that. But the stuff that you're not supposed to say, first of all, he already know. So I can go to God and say, you know what? I'm going to just use you and me. Kena made me mad today, God. You need to get your child because I ain't the one. You can. That's you, what you be saying. You can. You can. You can have that conversation yeah, I heard, with yeah, him. I heard how he did. Even in the business setting, <laughs> God, you know, I got this employee. They're not quite working out. God, I'm, I believe you. You led me to hire them, mm-hmm. but I'm so ready to fire them. Unless you tell me something, God, we, it's, it's about to go down. Have that conversation with him. He already knows how you feel, right? And I don't know why we try to put on these facades with God. God, I cussed him out yesterday. I know that went right, but it made me feel good. Help me, because I you told me to hate the things you hate and to love the things you love. And I know you don't want me acting that way, Father, but I need you to help me. Tell him. But I don't even know, you know, and 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 with that, you saying something like that, right? Because that does happen. We get in our flesh, and before we know it, you know, you don't curse somebody out, and after the cuss out, you still don't feel good. You still don't feel good, and now you're like, God. Oh, I knew I wasn't supposed to act that way. Mm. Just get butt naked before him. Yeah. Stop rolling around with all of these fake, you know, isms. Mm-hmm. And really just be 100 with him. That's all he wants. He wants a transparent relationship with you. He hears all, he sees all, he knows all. As long as you holding on to the problem, he can't help you. That's he true. said in your weakness, he's made. he'll show you his strength. So. I make it a habit to stay weak before him because I can't solve some of these problems on my own. You know, when you get to the, to the level of business that Ken and I are at, you don't have $100 light bill problems. <laughs> you got, I need $80,000 more than what I got. It's not that you don't have money already. I still need another 80000 or I still need another 100000 or I got a million-dollar problem. I had a million-dollar problem, y'all, in 2013. Our company was on the verge of being put out of business because one of our largest primes was not paying us. Mm. 
I had a $500,000 a month problem. And the credit line was already tapped. I didn't have no rich uncle I could call and say, hey, um, can you loan me a million (laughs) dollars? So this is when you got to reach down and create relationships. So we're talking today about being prophetic in the marketplace. And it's all about relationship. The Bible calls the prophet the friend of God. Abraham was one of the very first prophets, some would say Adam, one of the very first prophets in the Bible. As a matter of fact, it was Adam, because how you think he named all them animals? He got the inspired word of God regarding what the name was supposed to be, and he just named them what God had already preordained for them to be named, if we just being one Because <laughs> he had the mind of God. Because he had the mind of God. <laughs> the prophet is tapping into the mind Come of God. On, we quote this scripture. I got the mind of Christ, the prophetic. Come on, sir. I'm typing into the mind, the in, the the insight and the intelligence, and sometimes the emotion of God. Yes. Have you ever been in prayer and you just start crying and you, you're like, why why am I crying? Jesus, because you've tapped into the emotion of the Father. Mm, so what good. I'm showing you, you may not be a prophet, but some of you are, but you're more prophetic than you thought. Mm. Matter of fact, everyone listening to me on this podcast is can be. Prophetic. And that's all affirmations are. Girl, see, <laughs> see, see, see. I wasn't going to go there, but, but let's go there. That's it. When we declare the word of God in a positive affirmation based on the scripture. Yes. Based on the scripture. That, that's that's the qualifier. Not this law of attraction. <laughs> now, we ain't talking about we ain't that. We going to do it. We talking about when you're making declarations based on the holy scriptures when you say greater is he that's on the inside of me than he that's in the world guess what that's a that's a prophetic declarative right when you say i have the mind of christ you just made a prophetic a prophetic declarative Mm -hmm. when you quote what the scripture says about you about your situation about your circumstance you are being prophetic all of us have the ability. If you can read or you can hear or you can regurgitate the scriptures and in layman's terms, they ain't got to be the thou shalt because you might be a new King James. But when you declare the written word of God and you put verbal expression to it, mm-hmm. that is you being prophetic. Mm-hmm. Now that does not mean you're an, you're, you're, you're a prophet. And I keep y'all keep hearing me go back and forth because I don't want you running around here saying I'm a prophet. Now, if you are, then that's just what you are. But all of us, can be prophetic. Amen. The, the, the scriptures are the testimony of Jesus. That's what Revelation says. So we all have the ability to be prophetic. But you know, Kenan and I have raised up more entrepreneurs by accident because of the very things she said. We didn't even know that a business profit was a real thing until a few years ago. <laughs> I'm being 100, y'all. Mm-hmm. I had only thought about the prophet being within the four walls of a church, the guy who came to town and he said, that's, that's saith the Lord. And you know, there was miracles and deliverance services and all of that. I never knew that you could be a, a, a prophetic voice that you could be a business prophet, that you could be a marketplace prophet. I didn't know that existed. But when I look at the old Testament and I think about a lot of the signs and wonders that were, went, were that were, that were rendered, most of them were business miracles, y'all. Mm-hmm. What y'all thought Jesus at the wedding was when he turned that water into wine? That was a business miracle. 
See, some of the scholars, I'm not a, I'm not a theologian, y'all. Oh, but the theologians say that the reason why they ran out of wine, my one of my friends who happens to be a pastor and who happens to be a theologian told me this. I don't think he's lying. He said the reason why they ran out of wine at the wedding was because Jesus bought his friends. And because Jesus was 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 cool with with society, other people crashed the party, which is why they ran out of wine. Mm. And when they had wedding feasts back then, and I hope I don't misquote this and my friend he'll hear it and tell me, he'll correct me if I'm wrong. I believe those wedding feasts lasted for seven days. So when they got down to the end, they ran out of wine. And Jesus performed the miracle because some would say it was his fault. That's kind of strong, y'all, that they ran out of wine because they had already accounted for how many guests they had. But when the boys crashed the party, they didn't have enough. So Jesus went and performed the miracle. Had he not performed the miracle, someone was going to have to reach in their bag and go get enough wine for the, for the venue to continue. So what he did was a financial miracle. He made it so no one didn't have to go spend money to make sure that the party could keep on moving. Mm. When you think about in the Old Testament about the man who he lost his axe head and the Bible talks about the man of God went and got a stick and cast the stick out over the water and the axe head floated. That was a business miracle, y'all. Because had that axe head not floated and had been lost, he would have been in debt. He would have had the lease he had on that on that axe head. He would have now had to pay. So I ain't even gonna talk about that. Or I'm gonna let you talk about that right there. But but what I am, but what I am, but what I am gonna say. I can't with you. What I am going to say, y'all, is that Keenan and I, before we knew that there was such thing as a business profit or being prophetic in the marketplace, Keenan and I have given we don't know how many. I've lost track. How many people we've given strategy to that have either hit their first six figures? Because everyone is not a six-figure earner. I think they said what less than ten percent. I forget the exact actual percentage of the population makes a hundred thousand dollars or more. So it's not a lot of people who make that kind of money. But I'm, me and Kina have single-handedly, with the help of the Holy Spirit, walked people into their first six figures and some seven figures of revenue just based on the wisdom of God. We didn't even notice what we were doing. No, we didn't know. We we had no idea. We just thought, well, you know, I just I'm just good at business, not realizing it was a gift. Absolutely. Not realizing it's a mantle. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say this, y'all. Everyone's on here. I'm I'm on some apps that I'm not gonna call the name of, and there's there's some audio apps, and every few days I see these uh these rooms um on the wealth anointing and the mantle for wealth. Uh oh. But let me tell y'all something. The prophetic, if you're prophetic, that by default attaches you to the mantle of wealth. Amen. You cannot be a prophet. You cannot be prophetic and not have access to the resources. The Bible says that the prophet is the friend of God. Abraham was the friend of God. He was a prophet. And we all know that Abraham if we don't know, I'm going to inform you. Abraham was a very wealthy man. Mm-hmm. He was very wealthy. Most of the prophets in the Old Testament were wealthy men, people. It, I'm, I'm going to say this. If you, if you are Elijah and you can tell the rains when to come, <laughs> you a bad boy. <laughs> and surely money is not no problem. If you can shut up the heavens, surely 
you can um you can get to the back. The Bible also talks about how when there was a drought in the land, I believe it was Elisha, he was fed by the ravens. Do you know anything about a raven? A raven is a stingy bird. So the fact that the raven was bringing Elijah food was a miracle all by itself because the raven don't share. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Let's get back to the business prophet. The business prophet mandate. Business prophets are gifted to sense what's next. It is therefore their mandate to clearly share their supernatural revelations and prepare the organizational structure for the future. Mm. Mergers and acquisitions, organizational redesign, reorg, making sure people get put in the right place, making sure that the form, fit, and function of the individual works. I know that when we normally talk about form, fit, and function, we're normally talking about product, but I need you to understand that if you put a, put a man with ability in the wrong place, that it could just be it could be damaging to an organization. Their mandate comes with the cost. I'm talking about the business profit. The real potential of being an outcast, shut down, excluded, ignored. For many others, may not want to hear their truths. The business profit and profits in general, prophetic people are often rejected. People don't want the truth. They don't want to change the status quo. Prophetic people like change. Mm -hmm. They adapt easily. They get frustrated when it's stale, when it's old, when we choose to step out of the old into the new. Mm. You frustrate them. Mm -hmm. It's imperative that business profits stand their ground. Speak the truth in love and boldness and exhort others who have ears to hear and eyes to see. Your business profits, these are your paradigm shifters. These are your change agents. These are your culture creators. These are your transformation specialists. Pick the word. These people change paradigms, y'all. Mm, yeah, that makes me think about, you know, <clears throat> our presidents um, that have, you know, governed over our country. You know, most of them have their spiritual advisors. Yes. They have their pastors or they have a dedicated group of ministers of the gospel that will come and pray with them and also speak, you know, insight and things to them. Not to say that they could see the future, but give them biblical principles to help them govern over the country. Because when we when we think about it back in you know, the Bible days, how we orchestrate the world now, that system was set up back then. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And and the the governors, um, you know, they had the prophets would come and bring give them prophecy. Yeah. Give them prof speak prophetic words over them because they understood that the words had power and also give them um prophecies so that they could, you know, orchestrate and have strategy on how to move forward, you know? So when we think about, you know, today, how far away that the government has gotten so far from that now, right? you know what I'm saying? So, you know, when you said what you just said, it just, it automatically took me right there. And, and that's the reason why the, the profits in profits in business are so influential to this world. Yes. Because, the government itself 
is a business. The babe, <laughs> you cannot climb to top of the business mountain. Now, we we know that there's seven spheres of society. You got family. Mm-hmm. You got arts and education. Excuse me, arts or celebration. You have um, education. Mm-hmm. You have government or politics. You have religion. We have business, and I'm missing one. I always forget the seventh one, but there's seven of them. Religion. I said religion. Okay. Um, education, government. government, arts and entertainment, religion. I think it was family. Um, but you know, you cannot climb the height of the entertainment. Inter- no, it's arts and entertainment. Okay, said, said I'm like, I'm still thinking. <laughs> um, but media. Media. Thank that was you. it. That's media. The media. Yeah. Media. Yeah. So yes. media, business, government, arts and entertainment, um, business, religion, family. That's that's all seven of them. Okay. Thank you. It is it was media. But you cannot claim you cannot climb to the mountain, the top of the mountain of business. Now, if you're in any function in the business world, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're an entrepreneur, if you're support, you're paralegal, well, that's probably more on the um, government side. But if you are an administrative assistant, if you are a contract manager, procurement specialist, project manager, program manager, program director, vice president, CEO, COO, CFO, you own that business mountain. Mm-hmm. But as you get higher up the business mountain in terms of position as well as influence now you start coming into contact at the apexes of those mount at that mountain with the education mountain with the government mountain with the media mountain look at your prominent ceos think of one mm-hmm. and you see them dabbling you see, you may see them testifying on the floor of the house of representatives to congress mm-hmm. you may, you may see them giving money to philanthropic education initiatives. As you ride those mountains, you start now intersecting with other leaders at the top of other mountains. Right. You see your very powerful CEOs oftentimes have a spiritual advisor or a pastor they're giving to philanthropically. And that's a whole nother conversation for a different day. We can talk about the good and bad of that. If that business leader is not um, God-centered. But, you know, it's important that, that, that we understand and we recognize this. As we rise up the business mountain, our sphere of influence will, will, will begin to transcend other paradigms within the seven spheres of society. Wow. Wow. That was good. And let me give you a couple Bible examples of business in the marketplace. Um, there's some faith-building insights into God's heart for business, vocation, and marketplace from the Bible. You need to know this. For example, Jacob. You know the story of Jacob. You know, Jacob was later called Israel. Um, Jacob received a promise from God concerning his business and a prophetic dream. So for those who may not know the story, you can refer to Genesis 31, um, 10 through 13, but it talks about Jacob worked for Laban, or Laban. Maybe I hope I'm saying his name right. Laban changed Jacob's wages about seven times so he could get um, the daughter that he wanted. I believe it was Rachel. And Laban was tricking Jacob. And Jacob had a a God-inspired dream. And 
in this God-inspired dream, Jacob showed, God showed Jacob how to prosper, even in the midst of his master, Laban, changing his wages seven times. This boy still became prosperous, and ultimately, Laban had to recognize that he was blessed for no other reason than because of Jacob. Mm. Let me give you another one. Keenan was talking about, um, you know, government officials earlier. Joseph was a great example of that. Joseph's prophetic, prophetic ministry of dream interpretation, he's a seer. You know, prophets see, hear, know, and discern. Um, Joseph's prophetic uh, dream interpretation landed him into the number two guy in all of Egypt. Through his stewardship, nations were saved from famine. So if you remember the story of Joseph, Joseph had a dream that he was going to have seven good years and seven bad years, and they were to gather up the, the surplus in the seven good years so that the seven bad years would not cause famine. Well, famine hit the land, but the people wouldn't starve as a result of the famine. Mm-hmm. And because Joseph got this dream, the Pharaoh of that time said, hey, since God told you, I'm basically, I'm paraphrasing, I'm basically going to put you in charge. So Joseph used his expertise to increase Pharaoh's business and his property. That's in Genesis 47, 13 through 26. Get another one. Got Gideon. Gideon, we all know, was a coward. But the angel of the Lord showed up to Gideon and said, Mighty man of valor. And Gideon said, Who are you talking to? Because <laughs> it ain't me. <laughs> I'm the smallest in my family. <laughs> so an angel showed up to Gideon's place of work while he was threshing wheat. The enemy was robbing the Israelites of their food and their livelihood. God used Gideon to supernaturally overcome the enemy so that Israel could return to worshiping God and ultimately prosper all over again. And one of my favorite, David. David in the, in, the, in the New Testament, I believe in the book of Acts, says that David was a prophet. So David experienced the power of God privately in his family business before he went public against the giant Goliath. And you know, David's so cold, David would stop, and stop shoplifting in the in the fields when he was a shepherd. You said, Kurt, what shoplifting? Yeah, the, the, the lion in the bag was trying to steal the sheep. He had to stop the spoilage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what the retail stores call it. He had to stop the spoilage in the field. He was accountable to his father for the sheep. Right. So God gave him supernatural strength to protect his father's flock from sheep of sheep from the threat of the lion and the bear. Now I would go on to say that that victory is what propelled him and gave him the faith and confidence to overcome Goliath. Remember when he went to go check on his brothers and went and took him some food, and they said, man, which, which, man, what you doing here? And he heard about the bounty on Goliath's head. And the bounty was, the king said, hey, whoever kills, um, Saul was the king, whoever kills Goliath can have my daughter. He said, what, what, what's the wager? <laughs> Had a daughter? Shh. Hey. I can do this. And they was like, man, David, get from around here, man. We real warriors. He was it. like, shoot, I'm a warrior too. When I was out in the field and the lion came, I slew him. <laughs> when the bear came, I slew him. So surely this uncircumcised Philistine can go down too. And the Bible says that boy got his sling. They tried to put the armor on David, y'all. David's like, no, nah, this stuff too, no, nah, this, this, no, nah, this, this stuff cramping my style. <laughs> 
they was like, man, you know, this the Goliath been a warrior since his youth. He was like, hey, he ain't no match for my God. Talking about the business prophet. He ain't no match for God. I got this. Man, David went out there with 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 three smooth strong stones, the Bible say. That boy slung that slingshot in the power of God. Cause ain't first of all, this this giant was tall. Ain't no no stone knocking this giant down. But I believe the wind of the Holy Spirit hit that stone and that thing sunk in his forehead. That boy fell and they said David went and took Goliath's sword mm. and cut his head off. Mm, mm, mm. He tore the roof off the sucker. <laughs> First of all, he was going to get that woman. Man, he was going to get that woman. He was going to get that woman. <laughs> that was his motivation. Doc. And then we know David ultimately became king, oh, king God. of Israel. Mm. And then Mm-mm. he a prophet. He went and put a, and, and had a prophet serving him. We learned about that last uh, last episode. We had Nathan. Nathan was David's spiritual advisor. So David understood the need to have prophetic people around him. Pharaoh understood the need to have prophetic people around him. Look at Joseph. Daniel with Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar had enough sense to put prophetic people around him. Nebuchadnezzar didn't worship and serve God, but he sold value in Daniel. Did these men of God, did these men, did these men, did they work for someone with men of God? Did they understand that these people were prophets? Probably not, but they saw the grace. They saw the fruit. They saw the gift. So wherever you're serving in society, whether you're the entrepreneur, whether you're the entrepreneur, whomever you are submitted to in the, in the corporate structure, should see value and you being in the, being in the organization. The organization should be better because a prophetic voice in the marketplace is there. The organization should be better because there's a business profit in the realm. There should be transformation and paradigm shifting because of those those voices in the room. Amen. 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 So we got some more. We got a couple more, Kena. Mm. Need another example? See, see, I'm, a, I'm, finna, I'm finna throw this thing to you because you see what my next example is. The prophet Elisha helped the woman who was in debt, empowering her to have a temporary small business. The woman gathered jars from her neighbors, sold oil supernaturally provided by God to give her an income and pay off her debt. Second Kings 4. Mm. Kena, you, 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 sh- you dropped a whole a whole bomb. <laughs> it's gonna be a couple weeks ago when they hear this. Do you want to talk about the oil? And I ain't gonna force you if you don't listen, want to. Listen, listen. That woman, that widow woman, was in a position to where she didn't know what she was gonna do. And what I loved about her the most is she recognized that her husband was faithful and she served the man of God. So she went back to the man of God, the prophet, and said, my husband, your servant, fervently, fervently served you and our God. Come on. So therefore, these creditors is knocking on my door. My husband took care of this family. I don't know what else to do. Come on. Put the prophet And the prophet, what I loved about this the most, is the prophet 
had insight from God. Come on. Talk because about the it, never, prophet, it, it never said Elisha went to her house. Nope. She went to him. So he asked her, what do you have? What do you have of value is what he said. How would he even know she has something of value? A lot of us don't even realize that we have something of value, something that we've been doing for a long time, writing. You know, I, I write. You know, I write for the little, you know, uh, the little church paper. <laughs> <laughs> Not the church paper. I write. I write for the. I, I write. I do the. I write the Instagram for the church. Come on now. You know, I. I. You know, I. I. I make. I make these little, these little pies and cupcakes for my kids. Come on. When they they got something at the school, you know, not realizing that on the inside of us, these these gifts that God has given us, he gave us these gifts so that we can gain resources from the gifts that he gave us. But a lot of us, we sit back on what we have. And so when the prophet asked her that. She said, well, I, I don't have none, but I got I got a little oil back over there in the cabinet. That's, got a little oil. that's about all I got. And he told her, go and borrow from your neighbors. Go into the zip code. Come on now. He said, and don't, don't get a little. Go get all. All the vessels. The vessels. So her and her sons went. They got all the vessels. They followed the exact instruction from the prophet. So here we are as business prophets giving you exact instructions. Come on, get girl. And a lot of y'all won't even do nothing with it. It's just, I'm going to sit this on the back burner. So when I think about that story, she followed, ex did exactly what the prophet said to the T. I think about the lady that you walked into her millionaire status in her government contracting business. You told her exactly what to do to the T. Yeah, she listened. And she listened. And it walked her, those instructions walked her into her wealthy place. Wasn't the, wasn't the fact that, okay, Kurt been doing this 20, 30 years. It was the fact that you can give her instructions based on her particular area right. in government contracting that you were able to understand how she needed to move forward and progress forward because God gave you insight. You, you wasn't in her space. And guess what? I ain't even lead with, I'm the man of God. Right. <laughs> she heard wisdom. She heard wisdom. And guess what? Wisdom is always looking. And speaking. And speaking. Trying to birth. So here this woman was. She did what the prophet said. And the prophet told her, when you go in the house, go in and close the door behind you. Because you know why? The miraculous. She was getting Come ready to walk girl. into the miraculous. Holy Spirit was with her. And then the supernatural was getting ready to fall in the room. So the Holy Spirit was already with her. Her and her, and her sons out there walking. Ain't nobody knocking them upside the head. Don't be knocking on my door asking me for nothing. No, everybody obey. Obviously, mm -hmm. everybody was under the unction of the Holy Spirit that they carried with them. Right, because back then in, in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God came on them. Today in the New Testament, post the resurrection of Jesus, we got the Holy Spirit on the inside, on the inside of, of us. us. So in the Old Testament, say, and the Spirit of God came upon. Come on And now. the Spirit of God came, came upon. So the Spirit now. of God came upon Elisha. He told his woman what to do. And, and what happened, babe? 
Listen, when I tell y'all that when they closed the doors, because see, back then, all the miracles wasn't being performed in front of everybody's face. Right. They closed those doors, and she started pouring the oil in those vessels. She, I mean, she was filling them up, too. To the point the son said, she said, give me the next, give me the next container. They said, there is no more. We don't have any more. Won't have any more. She got, she like, I got, I got more oil. What you mean? We out. We out. We'll have no more containers. So in that moment, the scripture said, and the oil stopped flowing, meaning she stopped pouring, but didn't mean that she didn't have extra oil. Girl. So there was more oil than she had vessels. My that God. gift was going to keep multiplying. My, my and that God. gift was going to keep multiplying and, as long as she had vessels. Mm. But when she reached her capacity, it wasn't that the oil reached is his. It's it's when she reached her capacity that the oil stopped flowing. So what's stopping you? Because you got more oil, Come but have now. you hit your capacity, girl? Don't, 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 don't make me. Come on now. Don't make me. Come up on now. Because, see, you got enough anointing on the inside of you to keep producing. Yes. But have you hit your own personal capacity? You know, I'm reminded of my of my brother in the faith. I don't know him personally. Dr. John Maxwell. He has a law called the law of the lid. What this lady experienced was the law of the lid made in manifestation. She was not able to rise above her level to receive. See, the law of the lid is a leadership principle. It says if I'm an eight. I cannot expect to recruit and retain folks nine and ten, but I have to raise my capacity so I can I can mm. now pull in and recruit a higher capacity to move and shift and transform the organization. Yeah. So this lady came into the law of the lady manifestation. She was not able to get beyond what her capacity was able to uh, to, to able to contain. Wow, that's right. If she would have had more capacity, the, the oil would have kept flowing. Mm. So where you are today is a byproduct of your capacity because the oil, the anointing will keep flowing as long as you have the capacity to receive and dispense. Mm. 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 Daniel was a prophet <laughs> while also being administrator for the kingdom of Persia. His prophetic ministry and God's power at work in his life influenced kings and opened doors for promotion in the government to him. Mm. You can check that out in the book of Daniel. Daniel was a bad boy. Daniel was so bad, Daniel didn't even eat like everybody else. The Bible says that Daniel was 10 times smarter than his peers. That's a, my personal confession in my own personal life. I said, Lord, make me 10 times smarter than my peers. But Daniel had a prophetic grace on his life for the marketplace, specifically for government. And the king, Nebuchadnezzar, recognized it. Mm. Jesus gave his disciples prophetic instruction that resulted in overflow, harvesting their fishing business. After a night of fruitless fishing, God says, go on back out there and cast the net on the other side. And we already know they had a, a, a net breaking, boat sinking, miracle. They had more fish than they can contain. And these were master fishermen. Some theologians will tell you that it was a supernatural encounter. When they cast their net on the other side, some will say that a, a supernatural realm opened up where there was fish and created fish where there were no fish. But hey, that's what the theologians say. Jesus. A prophetic encounter with Jesus changed Zacchaeus' life. And this overflowed into his vocation. Now, Zacchaeus was a very rich man in his day. And... As you know, Jesus hung out with 
the people of his day. People got upset. See, why is it that people get upset when powerful men, wealthy men get an encounter with God? God cares about the poor as well as the rich. Yes. But they they persecuted Jesus. They talked about him. Why are you hanging out with Zacchaeus? He's, Zacchaeus was up in the tree. He looked up at Zacchaeus and said, man, I'm going to your house today. Mm. And what ultimately happened, Zacchaeus, he promised to restore the wealth gained through corrupt business dealings and his tax collection. So because of a God encounter, that man's heart changed and he did and he turned from his wicked ways and went down the right path. But I need you to know that just like God loves the poor, he loves the rich, whether it's Bill Gates, whether it's Jeff Bezos, whomever you you admire in the eyes of society today that may be a prominence, God loves them too. And you know what? We would have less poverty in the world, in our state, in our city. In our town is if the people in the marketplace that God positioned them would take care of the poor. Absolutely. Raise up the poor. Yes. Help clean up and deliver. Cause because, you know, as marketplace ministers of the gospel, we have the ability to take people through deliverance and get them off drugs. Man, come on here. We have the ability to lay hands and heal the sick. We have the ability to knock on somebody's door and they say, my mother is dying. Come on. And, and, and keep the lie, the, the, who's supposed to still be alive living. You know what I'm saying? We have the ability to speak prosperity into the lives of the poor and help ch ch change and transform their mind through the word of God. Absolutely. Because when the change and the transformation comes through the word of God and them accepting Jesus as their Lord and personal savior and, and being delivered from the things that have been oppressing them and depressing them and keeping them from being free. Now we have the ability to disciple them and help transform them and walk them right into the marketplace. But we too busy buying Gucci and Louie. And, and don't forget Balenciaga and Come Gucci. Come on now. We too, we too busy trying to be fly versus trying to figure out as I go out today, Father, you gave me this car. Right. Who do you do? Do you want me to give it away today? You know what I'm saying? Carrying cash. So when we see people on the side of the road with the sign, you can help them. We can not only give them money, but bring them into the kingdom of God. Do you do you know is Jesus your Lord and personal Savior? They might tell you no and cuss you out. But will we take the time to get out our fancy car mm -hmm. and go? Speak to the homeless, the lame, the hurting, the diseased. Or do we just want all of this for ourselves and if, as entrepreneurs? And if, that's, if, this, if the prosperity is going to stop with you, you done already missed it. Yes. Romans talks about the ministry gift of giving. Now, I'm not telling you, you know, I'm, you know I believe, me and Keenan personally believed in tithes and offerings. What I am telling you. Is that your prosperity needs to be a benefit to just to more than just your family alone? Yes. You know we have to transcend. And Kena said something that was key: the government is not going to save you. No. There are not enough uh, social programs the government can put in place to eradicate poverty worldwide. Mm -hmm. But if men and women of God who love God and who carry around uh, entrepreneurship grace on their lives. We we'll get into that rightful place. We can knock out poverty in a day. 
But the problem is most of the folks who have the money, I'm not going to say they're greedy because they're not, but their minds have not been renewed as it relates to the social justice of their brother and their sister. Right. You know, the scriptures talk about the man who was, was homeless. I fed him. Or the man who was hungry, I fed him. The stranger, I took him in. That's the plan of God mm-hmm. for society. And if people who think like you and I and others get into our rightful place with the resources, we can literally transform society. Mm-hmm. But until people who get to the back, it's unfortunate that many men and women that love God do not have the financial resources and they're dependent on government and others to make the changes that need to be made in society. So Ken and I are pushing you to, to become prophetic in the marketplace. Absolutely. Whether entrepreneur, entrepreneur, getting your rightful place and make impact that transcends society, that changes cities. And if we change cities, we can, we can ultimately change the world. That's right. But it starts in our own backyard. Stop passing the buck to your neighbor or to, or to your, or to your, or to the entrepreneur who runs the company. And let's take personal accountability at our own personal level. And when we do that, then we'll have true change. We'll have true transformation. And the gospel can really be preached to the ends of the earth. But many of you have to be willing to become distribution centers, meaning that you become the spigot in which God can flow through you, not just resources. Resources are one, but, but the anointing needs to flow through you in the form of deliverance. Amen. You don't have to just be a pastor to cause deliverance to hit the marketplace. Yes. We are called to transform, change, and shift paradigms in our spheres of influence. That's what we call to do. That's what we call to do. So I hope we have admonished you. I hope we have encouraged you. And I hope you have seen um, business prophetic people in the marketplace in operation as we spoke today. Amen. Hope that happened for you. And I hope you found yourself. Mm-hmm. And I hope you now have a greater appreciation of the role of prophetic people in the marketplace, specifically in the realm of business. I, I hope that goal was reached today. Amen. Any closing thoughts, Kina? I just want to encourage you to, you know, really um, ask the Lord for direction when it comes to your role as a business entrepreneur, kingdompreneur in this marketplace because your obedience is very important during these times. We're living in a very dark time. I'm not saying dark as in light and, light and dark outside, but I'm talking spiritually. This is a very dark time, and we haven't seen anything yet. This is just the beginning. And if we, as marketplace kingdompreneurs in this marketplace, begin to really hear the voice of God, and we start looking at money as our businesses, as God's business, our money as God's money, and really doing what he says to do with those resources, we will be able to help a lot of people. Things are changing quickly right now in our government things are changing quickly from country to country and in a minute 
a lot of these things that we know are going to perish. They're going to go away. And our green ain't going to be worth nothing. But it's going to be the resources that we have, which is going to help aid and equip us to keep the people in the kingdom of God alive, to keep them hopeful, to keep them being able to feed their families. We got to take ownership of the land now. It's our time to buy up the land. I believe there's been such a huge shift spiritually that the people that have been wealthy all this time, I believe that that grace has moved on to other people. Um, Not to say anything is going to happen to those people or they're going to lose all that they have. But I do believe that God is raising up a new nation of, of his children that are not afraid to be obedient, that are not afraid to speak his name, that are not afraid to do what he wants to be done on the earth. Because we got to see the kingdom come before God take us all out of here, before we rapture. I believe, I believe that we're going to rapture. I believe that Curtis and I'm speaking for us that we are going to rapture. That has been something I've been saying since I was a little girl. And I believe that that is going to happen. In our lifetime. In our lifetime. And I believe that, you know, we are living in a day. We're living in a day that things are changing so quickly. If we don't jump into the ship that God has told us to manage, we're going to be sitting on the sidelines, going through a lot of what the quote-unquote secular world is going to go through. I want us to be unscathed untouched because we have positioned ourselves and we've taken dominion. We have the power to take dominion over things here on the earth, over the earth. You have dominion over your region. You have the right, the birthright to call and speak things that are not as though they were now this day. And the manifestations of God are happening quickly, quickly. And it's because of what's happening here on the earth. And we have the ability to bring in and save the lost. We have the ability to bring in the weak and build them up and say, I have a job for you. I can employ you and your family so that you can eat. Because guys, real soon. And I'm speaking this as a prophet of God because, first of all, this is already in, it's been written, it's in the word. But I know for a fact, as sure as I know my name, that in a little while, we're going to go back to bartering. So when the Lord tells you, as a marketplace entrepreneur, kingdompreneur, to go and buy this, and it may sound strange, Lord, why would you tell me? To go and buy a warehouse. What am I going to do with a warehouse? I'm a nurse. Right. I have my own practice or I'm a, you know, I'm a doctor. I have my own practice or whatever. Why would I go buy a warehouse? Listen. Listen. Because the Lord is giving you prophetic words. He's giving you prophetic dreams. He's giving you prophetic visions. So don't just brush off. You might think you're sitting there daydreaming and you see something. Don't brush that off. 
Like, wait a minute, hold on. What was that? What did I just? What did I just see? Because see, I one day, a, a day long ago, years ago, I was sitting at my desk working for. Uh, I ain't gonna call it name of the company. It's a big name company. And first of all, I I don't know how I, I ain't had no business on them people job, but I, they hired me anyway. He, they, they, they hired the unqualified, the qualified by God, but unqualified on paper. And I'm sitting in this building. I'm on the 17th floor and I'm looking, gazing out into the clouds. And the Lord shows me a vision of myself and my husband on a stage teaching to all of these people. As far as I can see. And that's, I'm going to stop right there with that part of, of, of the dream, the, not the dream, the vision that God gave me. But it went from me having a vision to me having a dream. And through, and through the dream, God started giving me more pieces to the puzzle. Like, I would dream this thing over first, but it started off as a vision. I had a vision first. Then I started having these dreams. And they were consecutive all the time, over and over and over. And I would get a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And now I know that a part of that dream was for my husband and I to speak to hundreds of thousands of people concerning his kingdom. And we are part of it, guys. We are part of an amazing kingdom that never runs out of resources, that never runs dry. And when we start looking at God as our source and money as just a resource, and our businesses, giving our businesses back to God. Not holding on to something that he gave us as, oh, this is me, my, my, my little old me. And dedicating our business back to God. And allowing him to take over. And allow us to just be managers of his business. Manage, managing a business requires obedience in the kingdom. And our scriptures say obedience is better than sacrifice. Would you rather be obedient with God's money or would you sacrifice all that you have? I'm talking sacrifice your time, sacrifice unnecessary changes, sacrifice your family. Because I wanted to be disobedient and I wanted to go and, and go to Dubai and live it up and buy Gucci. And I'm not saying you can't do any of those things because we should eat good from the land. But when you know you heard God tell you to do X, Y, and Z, and you decided to do this, that, and the third, and now you got to reap a harvest for being disobedient. Now Thank you got God. a whole season of just going through stuff. And it's not that God is punishing you. He was trying to prepare you for what was coming. What was you, coming. But you chose to. Yes. Willfully just disobey. Yes. And the thing that he was trying to do was get you positioned and postured to not have to endure hardship. Absolutely. But your lack of disobedience allowed hardship to hit your lives. Yes. I don't believe that. Look, we all live in this world, and this world we're going to have trials, tribulations, but the scriptures say be of good cheer for I've already overcome the world. Yes. Some problems are just life. Mm -hmm. Some problems are self-inflicted because when the instruction came, mm -hmm. we didn't listen. Mm -hmm. But I do admonish you guys today as we wrap up this podcast, to turn your businesses back over to God. So, Kirk, what you mean, bro? Um, make God the founder of your business. You said, man, I'm the founder of my business. How do I make God the founder? No, make God. I know your name might be on the paper. Right. 
Because you had to go file the Articles of Incorporation. So I ain't crazy. <laughs> I ain't slow. I know the founding paperwork don't say Jesus Christ. Right. <laughs> but I need you to say, God, I give this business back to you. And God, I submit the authority of this organization to you and your strategic direction. And you sit on the board of directors of this organization. And I take my instruction from you. That's making God the founder of your business. Mm. Allow Jesus to be the CEO, the chief executive officer of the corporation. So if you know anything about companies, the board tells the CEO what to do. And the CEO uh, lets the chief of operations carry out those objectives. So you function in the role of chief operating officer. But guess, you got you got the greatest lawyer of all times because the Bible says the Holy Spirit is an advocate and a counselor. And you know, you translate those words that can also mean legal defense. So the legal administrator of the organization is the Holy Spirit. So God is the founder. Jesus is the CEO. The um, Holy Spirit serves as your legal counsel all by himself. Amen. And then you serve as the chief operating officer because God gave us dominion in the earth. And anything that's going to happen in the earth has to happen by our hands because he gave us power, ability, and influence. So they call the shots, but you run the play. Come on now. So you serve as the chief operating officer of the enterprise. Yes. Make God the CEO. Make God the founder. Jesus the CEO. And let the Holy Spirit serve as the legal counsel of the organization. I'm not telling you not to have attorneys, but remember that you can go to the courts of heaven mm. and you can get you can get law overturned in the land if you know how to operate and use your authority that he's given us outlined in the scriptures. That sound like another podcast. Girl. Cause because guess what? In the marketplace, you got to know how to go to the courtroom of heaven. You got to know how to go to the courtroom of heaven. <sighs> See, y'all just know God is Ooh. God and Father. But you know he also judge. Mm. And the Holy Spirit is your advocate in the courtroom because Satan is the accuser of the brother. He's, and he, and he read, he be ready. He's he's okay. the prosecutor. He bringing he bringing the cases against you. Yep, ready. But you got your defendant, chief law litigator. Come on, the Holy Spirit ready Lord. to reign Hallelujah. and rule and administrate and litigate on your behalf. Glory to your name in accordance with the kingdom of heaven so that everything that's written in the Lamb's book of life and the book of life that you got in heaven can be orchestrated and fulfilled and rendered down upon this earth. So as yes. it is done in heaven, so shall it be on earth. Y'all don't get me preaching Come here. Come on now. Come on. <laughs> don't get me preaching, y'all. But we're going to leave you with this word. We want y'all to turn your businesses back over to God. Glory to the King. And believe he's going to put some super... On your natural natural ability. Come on now. And that's our time. Until next time. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Business Profit Podcast. Please share, subscribe, rate, and leave a comment so others like you can find this podcast too. If you would like to connect with me, please use the links in the show notes to connect with me on all social media platforms. I welcome the opportunity to hear from you. Have a blessed week. Until next time.